key phrase Philip said, no matter what we're going through, Lord, the Word of God doesn't change no matter what you're going through. We change when we go through things. Sometimes we're sky high, sometimes we're low, low. Sometimes we have a whole kind of faith in the Word. Sometimes we look at it and it looks like blank pages. Uh, but listen, the Word of God is true no matter what you feel like today, no matter what you're going through, no matter where you are in life. Uh, this morning's message is simply titled, My God is an Awesome God. My God is. Now, I don't know how the enemy's been talking to you and trying to dummy down your God, but my God is an awesome God. Listen to this, in spite of myself, because of what I am and what I know I am and who I am, but my God is an awesome God. Listen to these scriptures, and uh, I'm just going to kind of read them kind of quickly. Deuteronomy 10, 17, these are all new uh, living translations. It says, for the Lord your God, listen, this is you and I, for the Lord your God is the God of gods. And the Lord of Lords, He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God, who shows no partiality, and listen to this, and cannot be bribed. My God can't be bribed, and I'm thankful for that. Exodus 15, 11 says this, Who is like you among the gods, O Lord, glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders? I'm telling you, my God is an awesome God. I don't care what you think, what you feel like. If you're not saved, you don't even want to be here. That doesn't matter. My God is still an awesome God. Exodus 34.10 says this. The Lord replied, listen, I am making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. This is what God is saying to you and I. I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display for you. This is what's happening. This is what God, where God's bringing us. God has been a byproduct. He's been pushed on the back of the shelf. Now our nation is falling so far, everybody's falling from the truth. Sooner or later, there's going to be a clamor for God, for the truth. And God is going to display how awesome he is to this nation again. Deuteronomy 7.21 says this, No, do not be afraid of those nations, for the your, Lord your God is among you, and He is great and awesome God. Yeah, okay. You guys are just full of faith this morning and believe in the Word of God. You understand? The, the, your situation is not stronger than God. Your situation is not worse than God is mighty. No matter what happens. I mean, I'm on my way to heaven. I am. Some of you young folks look at me and say, man, you're getting old, Pastor. No, I'm getting closer to heaven. You can have this earth. I'll leave it to you. I bequeath all its situations and problems to you. I'm on my way to heaven to see this awesome God that would save someone like me, that would die for me. That's awesome, whether you like it or not. Psalm 66.3 says this, Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Your enemies cringe before your mighty power. The enemy right now is cringing. Cringing because we're going to talk about how awesome your God is. He don't want to hear it. He's sticking his fingers in his air saying, no, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to hear how awesome your God is. How about here right now in this sanctuary? Is God awesome? Is he here? Is he alive? Is he well? Is he still strong in your heart? 
Psalm 68, 35, so I'm glad this is here because I don't know about you. It says, God is awesome in his sanctuary. God is. He's awesome in his sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. Praise be to God. Yeah, stand to your feet. Ready, Michael? Stand up. You guys are brutal today unless it's just me. I mean, I, I have been. I've been excited all week to do this, so maybe that's my issue, I guess. Ready, Mike? Start this song and sing it. The words are on it. You know it. Most of you should know it. If not, learn it as we sing it together. My God is an awesome God. He's absolutely. Let these words radiate inside of you. This is your God who you serve. I like hearing it. Believe these words as you sing them. Worship will take you into the presence of Almighty God if you dare to worship and honor Him. Is it loud out there? Put a little bit in the monitor for me, please. My God. You got mountains? You need hidden? Hide me from the rain. Come on, New Hope. Are you broken? Forever. He'll be raining tomorrow. My God. Move mountains. Hide me from the rain. How big's your God? I've been weak and forever. Come on. My God. Awesome. Awesome. Say it till you believe it. Awesome. Savior of the whole world, giver of salvation. By his stripes I'm healed. My God is awesome. Today I today I am. Praise his holy name. No matter what you're going through. Awesome, awesome, awesome. He's mighty, he's mighty, he's mighty. Oh, 
awesome. He's holy. Take it by faith. He's great. He's great. He saved my soul. Awesome. He's mighty. He's mighty. He's mighty. Lord hide me from the rain Amen. You are awesome. Father, once again, we come to you, Lord, in the name of Christ, and we pray, Lord, that people would feel the awesomeness of Almighty God this morning. Lord, our, our situations, our circumstances are immaterial. Lord, you are the one who we are here for, God. You are awesome, Lord God. Greater than any circumstance, any situation, Lord, no matter where we find ourselves, Lord, if all hope is gone, Lord, my God is still awesome. You're awesome this morning, Lord. And I pray, Lord Jesus, by the time that we're done, that the people, Lord God, would drive out all doubts, everything that dares to exalt itself against the glorious, wonderful power and majesty of our God. And Lord, that we would declare from the heavens, you are awesome awesome. My God is awesome. Amen? Amen. Okay, you can be seated for a little bit. All right, it's the Word of God. The Word of God now. He says this, and we know that all things work together for good. It's what the Word of God says. To who? To those that love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. I don't have all the answers, nor do I proclaim to have all the answers. I'm proclaiming the Word of God. I'm just a a tool in his tool shed this morning. Listen, listen to how God can turn terrible things around. It's because he's just totally awesome. Absolutely awesome. Only he can shed blood to create life. I mean, look at the cross. How awesome and of a wretched thing that man can do. 
and God can take man's most diabolical, horrible plans and produce life from them. And the only way he can do that is because he's awesome. He's absolutely awesome. Our God uses pain to bring healing. He does. Isaiah says this, he was wounded for our transgression. This is why he's awesome. All this I'm about to read, he did for you. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. God can bring uh, healing through pain. He allowed injustice to satisfy justice. It was a fake trial. Everybody was paid off to say what they were supposed to say about the Lord. So he let injustice, he used injustice. You cheater, you're lying about this. This is not true. He used all that to bring justice. Now who can do that other than he's awesome. He is awesome. He accepts rejection. No one loved him. No one won him. No one thought he was cool. He accepted rejection in order to restore acceptance. How? How on earth? How can you do that, God? Because he's, he's absolutely awesome. He is despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Him and grief knew each other well. Acquainted with grief. And we hid ourselves, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. And yet he still accepted that rejection so he could restore our acceptance. My God is absolutely awesome. He's awesome. Now who can use such an evil, evil act, crucifixion, to accomplish so much good? I mean, it's just crazy. Who would sit there and think of that, watch him brutally beaten, hanging naked, unrecognizable, and say, oh, I know what he's doing. I know the plan. This is real cool. Absolutely not. It was devastating to everybody. So don't you find it fascinating that the serpent, the lousy good-for-nothing serpent who accomplished his greatest victory from on a tree, the knowledge of good and evil as he slithered talking to Eve, Eve suffered his greatest de de defeat from a tree, the cross. I mean, come on, is that just, how does that all work? How did you figure, you mean from the beginning of day you knew that only way is he's Totally awesome. You're God. And we sit in defeat uh, looking at the dirt all the time. Don't you find it ironic for the this first Adam succumbed to temptation in a garden? I mean, he just did. And the last Adam overcame his greatest temptation in a garden. Gethsemane. I mean, come on, God. You got this thing all figured out, it sounds like. I mean, how do you know all that's going to happen, when it's going to happen in my life before I even speak the next word that you're hearing? God already knew what was coming out of my mouth. He's awesome. You're God. I mean, you don't even have to sit there and say, oh, man, I wish my God was like his God. He is. He is. This is how he works. God can undo anything the enemy has done to you. If you could just Put it in your cranium. Get it to your heart to believe he's. Yeah, you're preaching good now. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. There hath no temptation taken you. So don't start running through your files of yeah, but. Yeah, but you don't know. Yeah, but, yeah, but. This is the word of God. This trumps what you're thinking or feeling. 
And it says this, there is no temptation taken you but such as common to man. Listen to these next four words. But God is faithful. No matter what you're feeling or thinking, pull down those evil imaginations that dare to exalt itself over the word of God. God says, I'm faithful. How dare you say, yeah, but... Absolutely fight that stinking flesh that wants to curl itself around your heart and say, say, you don't believe God, do you? Yes, I do. I do believe God. I got tons of issues, tons of situations I don't have answers for. I don't care. I believe God because my God is faithful, who will not suffer you or me to be tempted above that you are able but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Word of God, bank it. That is. So when I get to heaven and see you and you say, well, I was hanging on to that promise, but I died. I say, dude, look around. You're in heaven. Do you understand that this is not the goal? You want this as a goal? Sweet Lord. Mark 5 says this. How about when the enemy just t- totally just seems to have everything out of control and everything's undone in your life? There, a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, couldn't stop bleeding, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Oh, do you like that? Spent lots of money to get things better, get things fixed, and it just don't seem to work. Getting worse. Situations, circumstances, relationships, whatever it is. Now we know that uh, it says here that she suffered many things and it absolutely grew worse. The Bible also tells us in Leviticus, for the life of all flesh is in the blood. It's in the blood, so she's losing blood, she's losing life. It's as if the enemy's choking the very life out of her. She was suffering, totally broke, and dying, 12 years of trials, grew worse. If you let the enemy, he will drain the very life-giving flow God has given you right now out of you so you will not declare that God is. You need to scream the loudest when you're in the deepest trial. Number next, what's the rest of the people around you saying? What they say to blind Bartimaeus? Shh, be quiet. This is church. What did blind Bartimaeus do? Screamed all louder. Awesome! Yeah. Mark 25, 7 says this. When she heard of Jesus, people need to hear about the Lord. We need to get back on the streets and keep talking about the Lord. Every time you have some type of circumstance, situation that comes up, look for the door to open. Some of you already come back and told me, hey, I think I had that divine uh, appointment. I got to say something about God about somebody, to somebody. That's what this is about. This is what you're here for. When she heard of Jesus came in the press and touched his garment. Now look, here we are. You, you've got to be hearing this this morning. You've got to be hearing it so you will rise up and try to touch the hem of God's garment today through faith, just you and God. I don't care what's going on. It doesn't even matter if I recognize or know what's going on. You, personal relationship with God, can believe this by faith in your heart, press through and touch the garment of God. And you'll feel something. That's what the Word says. And straightway, it says, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body. She felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. 
Now, this is not a mystical religion that we are in. She felt something in her body. Something seemed to confirm whether the blood stopped, whether God dropped it in her heart. She knew I was touched by God. Because her God is. Your God's awesome this morning. He'll keep you from the rain. He will. He didn't say he will never have it rain or never have it storm or never any trials of fire and heat. But he said, I'll keep you through them. Only God can do that. Psalm 61, 2 says, when my heart is overwhelmed. You been there? Heart overwhelmed? It doesn't matter what circumstances yours is in. Some are magnified in our eyes. Some are little. But to you, when it's little, it's yours. It's magnified. And when our heart is overwhelmed, Scripture says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Overwhelmed means when my heart is feeble. Feeble. Sometimes I feel like I can run through a troop and jump over a wall. Most of the times I feel like I need help getting out of bed. Whether it's spiritually or physically, just, you, just, you just feel feeble. You feel weak. It also means ready to faint. Lord, if one more thing happens, ready to faint. It means to grow weary. So when you're feeble, ready to faint, and grow weary, the psalmist says, lead me to the rock. And that's what we're trying to do today, to stir up some faith and belief that your God is. I don't play games in church. I'm not playing a game this morning. Isaiah 54, 17 says this, no weapon. Uh, he could be in his little demonic cave right now, coming up with another invention. And he seems to be pushing out more evil, more inventions of evil, more ways to produce evil than we can uh, count. But God says, there's no problem. I know what he's up to. And no matter what weapon he tries to put together to take you out, to damage you, to ruin your family, no weapon, he says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And you keep screaming that. You can't have my family. You can't mess with my family. And you keep crying out to God by faith, touching that garment. And in the supernatural, God will do things. He really will. Because he's, he just is. Weapon means artillery, means big guns. The enemy has big guns. Ooh. Don't you have a big God? I mean, what's, what's the enemy going to do with his big guns? What's he going to do? God's just going to go. Unless your God is tiny and little. Unless you believe the lies. Unless you have faith more of what you see and what you hear than what God tells you. And it's a battle. It's a fight. Like I said, sometimes I feel like, man, no matter what, I believe God. It seems like most times I'm going, oh, man. But I have to remind myself over and over, no weapon. No weapon. The enemy has a way surrounding you on every side. Everybody's screaming in your ears. Maybe even now, even this morning. 2 Kings 6, 15. And when the servant of the men of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, what on earth are we going to do? 
And that's what we are. We're like God's servants. We're looking with the natural eyes. And we see the enemy has seemingly like everything on his side. Lower courts, high courts, senate, all, all the various things that are going on in our world. Laws and all, and, and all these various crazy stuff that seems to be happening with our police now. It seems like he has everything. And so we're just looking with our very eyes and saying, oh my goodness, what on earth are we going to do? You know that's true. And you're pumped with it 24 hours a day by any news thing you want to watch. You need to be touched this morning. You need to have your eyes open to what really is real. Right, we heard it this morning. I can't remember how it was said. We're putting way too much effort in this earth. This earthly stuff instead of our heavenly vision. Way too much. All your effort is in the earth stuff and not in the heavenly. Remember, the eagles look up, the chickens look down, root through the dirt. The eagles soar in the heavenly, and the chickens pick out grubs and worms. And I've never seen a chicken fly very good. Have you? And he answered. The man of God answered and said, fear not. Now listen, this is the word of God. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And you, you can almost hear the, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but what about, yeah, but how about, do you remember? Pull down those filthy things. Because God, didn't he say to you, did I not say to you, if you don't doubt, you will see the glory of God. Oh, yeah, when I get to heaven. Forget that. I need it now. I want it now. I want to see the glory. I want to see the movement of Almighty God. I want to see people stirred unbelievably with faith that they'll bellow out and cry out to God. Hours on end, seeking and crying, bugging me every day of the week, saying, can we have prayer again today? Can we have prayer again today? Oh, that can happen. Recorded history. God just breaks out and moves. You can't have my breakthrough. I've got to have a breakthrough, God. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee open of his eyes. Open our eyes this morning, God, that he may see. We're not seeing. All we're seeing is earth. Earthly stuff. Earthly decisions. Earthly priorities. And not the heavenly. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw... And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. The enemy has his pitiful little peon army with all their little things that look huge to us. And behind them is God's monstrous army of fire. And we stare at the earthly and not the heavenly. Therefore, when we are to proclaim God is awesome, we think, yeah, he's yeah, I think he is awesome. Well, that doesn't sell anybody. Our God is a mountain melting. Is he not? Our God is a mountain melting, red sea splitting, axe head floating, dead raising, blind eye opening, sea walker, star breathing God. Your God. Because he's what? Oh, come on, my gosh. 
We need one of those big things in the Cleveland place that says noise, loud, with a thing on it. Because Cleveland thinks the king has returned. <laughs> How earthly is that? Mark 2.1 says this, And again he entered into Capernaum, and there's some days, after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Noise that he was in the house. In other words, you should be out and about no matter where you're at talking about the things of God and what's happening in the house of God. People are everywhere but the house of God this morning because no one's talking about him. No one's declaring his majesty and how wonderful and how awesome he is. Axe head floating? What's that mean? Tell them what it means. See what it means. Psalms 18. How about you? Sometimes you feel like this. Psalms 18.4 says this. The ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction sweep over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. You probably would really scream amen if you were serious. Because sometimes you just kind of feel like this. The bangs of death surround me and the floods of ungodliness. It's like today, what's going on? It's unbelievable, the ungodliness that is flooding into our nation. And David describes these two threats. First, the threat of death. Death can scare us. Even though it shouldn't, it does. It can scare us. And secondly, these floods of ungodliness. What's going on? Addison's made her debut today, almost three weeks old. In this world? And so you can say, man, it's just overwhelming with all the filth that's going on. But David also said, after he kind of poured all that negative stuff out in verse 6, he says, but in my distress, I called upon the Lord. That's what we have. All we do is get the distress part and quit. He says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. And I cried unto my God. Listen to this. And he heard me. He heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him even into his ears. God hears you. The word of God says that. No yabbats. Almighty God has the ability to filter out everybody's prayers yet. No, everybody's prayer and who's praying, when they're praying, the exact time they're praying, and what they're calling on because he's awesome, totally awesome. My God is. Nothing has happened to you that God doesn't know about and God has permitted. doesn't matter to him whether you think he's right or wrong. In the beginning, God, that's it. Believe it or don't. So the various things that happen in our lives, you are to just exalt God no matter what. Because I'll tell you what, when you get to heaven and you moaned and complained and doubted and kicked and moaned about something in your whole life, you're going to take one second into that great majesty where everything's awesome and you're going to go, oh my goodness, why didn't I praise God? Every dumb or imperfect thing that's gone on in your life is going to be perfect in heaven. Absolutely perfect. Every person, every thing, every relationship. No more doctors, no more hospitals, no more sirens, no more late calls, no more aches and pains, no more growing old, no more uh, divorces, no more breaking ups, no more churches disputing, no more nothing. It's going to be totally awesome. 
Psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. That word keepeth means guard. He guards you. God's your guard. Who's messing with my saint? Who's messing with my son or my daughter? What kind of God does that? A God that is awesome. That's the one who does that. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall never slumber nor sleep. God never nods off, never misses anything. Never gets too weary, too tired. The Lord is thy keeper, protection. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. God says, I am your help. People die because of sin was ushered in. We were never to die, never to get old. We screwed that up, not God. We have all these issues in all these various hospitals and children's hospitals and great hospitals that try to do great things, but it's because we blew it, not God. And because we blew it and blew it so bad, God gave his son so he could refix everything. Man, that's awesome. That's totally awesome. If I die today, I'm not dead. It's crazy. It, I, I could fall off this right down there in front of you, and all you nurses run over to me and look at Ruth and say, he's dead. But it's not true. I'm alive forever. It is amazing. And it's only somebody that's totally awesome that can do that. Because look, no matter what I do, I'm going to die. <laughs> Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And we need some callers in New Hope. We do. We need some. If, you, know, you see that joke all the time. If we get a hold of God as much as we're on our iPhones. I mean, we need some callers. Really, those who call out to God. And not a shotgun approach to God. Yeah, whatever, God, whatever. No, start taking some precise aim. Ralph Hart's God. Boom. Start taking aim. Like we did last Wednesday. Try to get names, specific names, and all of you at one time crying out to God for that person. Not just a shotgun, oh, bless everybody, Lord. Because James tells us the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual, fervent prayer with effect, hot prayer, something you believe in. Pray like you believe it. Even if it's by faith, I don't care. You're an awesome God. You're an awesome God. The enemy's screaming. So what? Let him scream. New Living Translation says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. This is Christianity. Much of our prayer is not affected simply because it's not fervent. It's not. It just isn't. It's like your kids. Same thing with your kids. You do that again. You do that again. You do that again. You do that again. 
What's he do? He does it again, and he does it again. Well, I'm going to count. If I get the three, one, two, let's go over and be fervent. And he'll, it'll work because it's in the Word of God. Drive it out. So when you're, when you're not fervent with your children, like, yeah, okay, and they just do it again and again and again and again. Probably wait until the police come get them then. That's the truth. So you've got to be fervent when you pray. If it's offered with a lukewarm attitude or you really don't believe, you're asking God to really care for something that you really don't care about. It's the truth. Unless you're down on your knees and you're calling out and crying out to God, my child! We've lost that in America. We're too cool or too tidy or too educated to pray like that anymore. White-hot prayer meetings are a thing of the past. John eleven forty said this. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shalt see the glory of God? Do you really believe that? But this is what God says. And I'm not talking about walking around some car because you want a nicer car. I believe it. I believe it. I'm talking about having that heavenly, not that earthly. That's what we've turned the gospel into, hucksters, to get stuff from God. Mark 6, verse 5 says, And there he could do no mighty work save that, the, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folks and healed them. You know what? I'm thankful for that, but I'm sick and tired of the few sick folks, if you understand what I'm saying. Thankful that they're healed. But why should we be reduced to a few sick folks when we have the God of all gods? Why should we? Why should we just be settled with that? A sprinkle of maybe a possible, maybe could be a move of God. Why are we settling for that? Because we sit and pray in doubt and unbelief. And now we're convinced that America has gone over the line too far, too hard for God, impossible. We better just hang on. And you forget the fact that your God is awesome. He's just awesome. Just awesome. And then verse 6, after what I just read, this is what God does to us. He marveled because of their unbelief. I mean, what more could God do? He's given us a spirit, the Holy Spirit, to do what he's called us to do. Not for goosebumps. To do what he's called us to do. To take us beyond what we can do. God says, no problem, I'm going to fill you with the dunamis power of God. He's given us the Spirit of God. He's given us the Word of God, our compass, our trip ticket, to know what to do and what not to do. Most of all, He's given us His Son. No wonder God says, I marvel. What else do you want Him to do? Please, let's not be a church, uh, New Hope Doubting Thomas Church. Well, when I see it, I believe. Why can't we just believe it? 
simply because he said it. And his word confirms it. And the spirit that he's given inside of you says, amen. Confirming. And we go, yeah, but. Acts 14, 8, there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. I mean, who here today believes God can, still does impossible things? Still does impossible things. I don't care if you've ever seen it. If you've ever seen one, it doesn't matter. God still does impossible things. We're here today trying to believe that, trying to stir that. Who here has faith to believe that my God is awesome? Do you understand that stirs God? He was staggered by the one that answered, God, I'm a man of authority, and if I say do this and do that, they do it. And he said, there's no one in all of Israel. God was staggered to believe someone would believe him. What a shame on us for that. I mean, it made him st- I haven't heard nothing like that before. What's wrong with us? So as Paul's preaching, he sees this man sitting there. And apparently, Paul's looking at him. They're saying, there's something going on with that dude. I can tell. I can sense it. I can feel it inside. Something's happening. That's what it says. Verse 9. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Someone's sitting there going, I believe. Praise God, that's right, my God. Something was going on that clicked with Paul. And Paul said, my gosh, that guy believes. Most of us are, especially the guys, we're like this. Well, we don't have watches anymore, I guess, or almost, but that's what we're into when we get the heck out of this joint. And Paul saw something in this guy. Listen, Paul said with a loud voice, stand up! That's what he did. Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. The guy, guy who never walked. Never walked. And you can't go, yeah, but that was back then. It's a whole doctrine that we painted so that we are not responsible for what should be going on now. When God says, I'm the same yesterday, today, for So we make a doctrine. Well, that was just for the disciples. That takes you off the hook. Let's just face it. We've lost it. We've lost the belief that our God is awesome. Awesome. So he says, stand to your feet. And that guy just jumped up. Because he believed God. Something clicked inside of him. And he thought, you know what? My God's awesome. Believe it? Okay, if you believe it, stand to your feet. And this is what we're going to do. <clears throat> you're going to stand to your feet, and you're going to bring that impossibility down here today. Whatever it is, if you've got 59,000, it doesn't matter. God can handle it. 
Whatever's going on in your life, whatever situation you're in, whatever habit you can't break, whatever dumb thing you keep doing, whatever disappointment you are to God, to yourself, to your wife, to your husband, your children, you, whatever you are, bring that impossibility down here. If you believe it. If you absolutely believe it. And remember David's words. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. In my perplexity, in the aching of my mind and betrayal of my heart to myself, I cried upon God. Oh, thou son of David! And your fallen nature inside of you is saying, Hush, be quiet, fool. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. And he heard me from the voice, my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him, even into his ears, it says. Your cry today, Ken, if you believe. Exodus says, and it came to pass as in process of time that the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of their bondage. You in bondage? Whatever it is, habit, pride, love of money, who knows? You cry. Verse 24 says, and God heard their groanings. You just come down here and go, oh, God. God says, I hear that. Because your God is awesome. He's absolutely awesome today. Psalms 34, 3 says, O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Now we're going to use that song again to project us into the realm of God as my man. My God's awesome. He's awesome. He's mighty. He's mighty. And if you believe, and you get into that realm of believing God, then you cry out. For those impossibilities. And leave it to God. You gotta come and you gotta walk.